Okay, so so today, guys, we're gonna we're gonna a little bit be all over the place because a lot has happened since we last spoke. A lot has happened on the good and the bad and the ugly and 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 most of all, we actually get to talk Venom today. Spoiler alert! Full spoilers, because Bo finally seen it. So Mike, myself, Pete, and Bo get together and talk about a number of things. Hit the music. I'm your freak of the week. He lived till 95. He did what he loved doing. The man inspired my life, basically taught me how to read, and opened my imagination. I will not forget Stanley. He will live long past 95 in many people's minds, not just my own. Comments? I agree. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was. Obviously, sad news to hear, um, but uh, you know he had he had the fullest of full lives, man. Like, if I could have an eighth of that. The man was older than sliced bread. <laughs> no, literally, like, literally, that's crazy. Older than sliced bread, <laughs> you know. Yeah, his his impact. I just love, and this could have gone a different way. I love that he was alive long enough to see his stuff catch up yeah. with the, the cultural zeitgeist. Because, like, you know, twenty years ago they weren't making superhero movies like that no 20 years ago he wasn't having these many cameos people weren't like oh what's the next marvel movie marvel movies are like the marvel movies today are like marvel comics in the 60s right <laughs> you know in the 60s and 70s especially so, so yeah so if he if he had died at 75 say like normal people do <laughs> then he would have missed he would have missed all that but being that he was a superhero himself he <laughs> He got to see it all. You know, like, he had some superhero aging right there. <laughs> he must have, man. He had some Wolverine. But you see, I like, I old like, man, old man Lee. Uh, I like what you said. I like what you said about the impact he had. Because that, that is what really comes down to. It's like the cultural influence he's had on people. And, I mean, I don't know. It, it's like, I, I like to think about Homer, who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey and all this, you know. You wonder if this will resonate, I don't know, a thousand years down the line, whatever. But well, it's at already least, resonated for, well, the Odyssey has already resonated over a thousand years, right? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying you don't know if Stan Lee's work will resonate like that. But you'd like to think that, yeah, it might. And these things are just mythologies in their own right. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll enjoy them and keep on telling these stories. Yeah, I mean, like, they were persistent... And no lack from his work on, on that part because he was constantly trying to get comics into different type of media. He was constantly trying to do that. That was his goal. He was, he was chasing that, um, that uh, we need to get this on the big screen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, oh, and that distinct voice he had. Like, yeah, he definitely was a character and a person, you know? Yeah, he wasn't perfect, you know what I'm saying? Like, his biggest flaws was 
you know, when it comes down to it, he was he, he was weak in some ways, but he was large and strong in personality and uh, motivation to to get you to just enjoy where whatever you're doing while you're with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like um uh, like uh like I remember he was like the first celebrity I identified period like his voice and everything cuz he was the narrator for almost all the cartoons we were watching when we were kids. Ah, I know, that's true. <laughs> you know. That's true. This and is then Stan looking Lee forward to Marvel reading Comics. his soapbox. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Did you guys get a chance to meet him? I got to see him from across the room. That's as close as I got. Yeah. No. Never got nice. to. Yeah, I, I got a chance to meet him here in Vegas um, last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was quick. I was, you know, just to kind of high, get a picture kind of thing. But, um, yeah, you're right, Mike. It was like, what? A, I mean, <laughs> yeah. even in that form. And he's just this frail old man at this point, at that point, but still radiated such charm and personality and... Whatever his faults were, I don't. I don't care. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know? I just. Uh, I just know the the legend. And the thing is, is like, and like his voice. His voice didn't sound like an old man. It sounded no. old if you compared it to how his voice used to sound. But hearing his voice, he was vibrant, and he was always ahead of the times. Like socially. dude, he was always so excited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You watch his like little video posts on Twitter, and he was just so such an excited man. I love that. I mean, he's you forgetting all the other stuff, just as a model of how to live your life to that age. You know, like of having that kind of fervor and and passion and and this you know whatever field you're in. Like, well, that's that's cool enough. I, I liked his use of vocabulary, though. Yeah. Because I mean, you just weren't getting those kinds of words growing up. It's so, true. I never heard anyone around me say things like Excelsior. And these other yeah, he words. Gave me a single word forever and always upward. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what Excelsior is. Ever and oh, cool. always upward. <laughs> you know? I'm so good. Like, come on. He gave me, like, like, how many different vocabulary words did he teach you and me alone, Mike? Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and the only, and I'm not saying this as, I'm not saying a negative here. I just wanted to counter a negative. When Bill Maher mentioned his whole spiel on, um, oh, you know, that man. oh no, the only reason why I wanted to count, not like my opinion is that high or mighty, but the only reason why I wanted to counter Bill Maher's opinion is because he spoke highly of Hugh Hefner changing the course of how people think of sexuality and things like that. Well, you know, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like wash away all Hugh Hefner's, you know, negatives and flaws and whatever, then we Jesus have to do Christ. this. Yeah, then we have the to do the Stanley's same. Stanley's flaws are, are nothing. Oh, way minor. Yeah, way less than that. Right, but I'm saying, if you're going to respect the man for his achievements, like, if you were going to respect Hugh Hefner for his achievements, Stan Lee is right up there with him in the fact that he changed how people view these things. You know, I mean, yeah. we love these comics. Mike, They've it's been not even very that. It's influential. That. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying it's past comics. I'm just saying it's been very influential in how... You know, we these heroes we admire. These are the, our modern mythologies, and I respect absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. On top of which, you know, he taught whole generations that, you know, um, right is right, and if you have the power to do something right, do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, he, he taught whole generations, uh, whatchamacallit, you know, little insignificant things, like the whole term of, with great power comes great responsibility was never said by Uncle Ben. 
that came from the narrator Stan Lee at the end of uh, uh, at the end of the issue and that is a message right there and like it resonates still the meaning is strong these little things these little nuanced things that are taken forward and given to generations beneath them of what's right and what's wrong and doing right versus wrong are things that defined what we saw as heroes so like where you had to you were either black and white perfect or not and then with his stuff you can be flawed as long as you're still doing what's right you know what i mean i, yeah, I sound absolutely. muddled with where i'm going with this it's just it's so much to say so what was <laughs> you know? so what was your favorite creation of his mine everyone's it's open topic yeah, you go first, Pete. Oh, geez. I don't, see, I don't know the ins and outs of which characters he created you himself could, versus... Well, to be honest with you, he had a hand in almost all of them. Like, uh, I can name off the first ones, because the, the only one he didn't definitively have a hand in was Captain America, because that was made by, um, uh, um, what you call it, Joe Simon and, um, and Jack Kirby. That was before he was... He got there when Captain America was already made. Um, but... Thor, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, the Incredible Hulk, Doctor Strange, pretty much like the X-Men. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the X-Men was the one, that's the one that had the most impact on me. That was the comic that I read, like, monthly. You know, other things I dipped in and out of, like, you know, I read the whole Punisher initial 10 series run. I read, like, random Captain Americas and Hulks and Spider-Mans along the way, a couple Avengers episodes, but, I mean, uh, issues... But X-Men was the one that I actually physically collected. So, yeah, that, that definitely was what defined my, you know, teenage years. Your favorite group of characters. For sure. And you, Mike? You know, I'd say Spider-Man, but that's a given. I think Spider-Man is just a very unique character. So cool. Unlike any others. Because uh, you could say, you know, um, Superman comes from, like, a philosophy of the... Uh, of, uh, you know, being a Superman, you know, kind of thing. You could say Hulk came from uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. But Spider-Man, I cannot peg anything previous to Spider-Man. Yeah, he's kind of his own thing. You're right. right. That's interesting. Now, like my that. favorite thing he created, though, is Dr. Doom. I think Dr. Really? Doom is one of the classiest villains that has ever existed. He gets short shrifted in today's movie. Though. I was gonna say we never did him right. They <laughs> yeah, never exactly. Did him right. They never did him right. That's a shame. <laughs> but they the will. fact, the fact that he's so classic, like you, you could, you know, Lex Luthor, Doctor Doom. Hell, Lex Luthor needed a facelift back in the seventies. Doctor Doom never needed a facelift. Dr. Well, technically Doom he does. Never really changed. <laughs> but Doctor <laughs> Doom hasn't changed since he came out. He's pretty much the same guy. Maybe you do a few twists here and there. You know, sometimes he'll be good, sometimes he won't. But for the most part, Doctor Doom is the archetypical superhero villain that every other villain is measured and made against. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Doctor Doom is the villain Marvel needed. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> he's the villain Marvel needs. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, yeah, currently because they only fight each other as heroes. They don't fight <laughs> other villains. You know, like, yeah, I, I could see that Doctor Doom is is amazing. And there was a there was a whole extra thing on the entire design behind Doctor Doom because um, 
like you don't get this because we 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 we're, we're more modern in our comic book reading, so we were past it. But when Doctor Doom was introduced and he had that expressionless mask, so many people found it so intimidating reading this this evil man with this expressionless, cold, iron face. <laughs> you know, and that was intentional. That was an intentional design because even when people wore masks, they would give it expressions and stuff. No, Doctor Doom needed a cold emotionless the uh, um face to match his cold exterior you know it's like and you say he's um um what you call it uh he fits a mold but doctor doom created that mold doctor doom is where the prototypical supervillain came from lex luthor is an entirely different thing he's just you know like evil mad scientist guy doctor doom is one of the few villains that was like designed to stand up against the superhero and beat him with powers, skill, and he has the island of evil, his endless kingdom, his horde of robots. He's where that villain archetype comes from, Mike. Yeah, he, I know. he he is the archetype. You look past you look before him, there was nothing like that before him. And he has a nobility about it. So I like, <laughs> I, I like mm-hmm. Dr. Doom. He'll always be my favorite. Now, I am going to say Spider-Man. I have to say Spider-Man. Because it's not like... It's not, it's not just a given with me. Like, first comic I ever read. First thing that was ever presented me, to me for reading. He was the character I continuously read. Endlessly. You know, I take breaks every now and again, but I constantly go back to him. Um, whatchamacallit, I read books of his that were collected before I was born. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I read almost all of Spider-Man's amazing Spider-Man comic run solidly without skipping a beat up until, I can guarantee up until issue 300, it went past that. <laughs> it went past that, but I can guarantee you up until issue 300, without skipping a beat beyond the first five. Like, seriously. And, um, whatchamacallit, beyond the first, sorry, beyond the first three, because I read four and five. Yeah, and Spider-Man, yeah, he was a unique character. Um, whatchamacallit, um, he had, like, normal problems and supervillains. They meshed action-adventure with soap opera in a way that and teen drama in a way that hadn't been done in 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 superhero comics period period i mean and like when you the intelligence stan had to like not take kirby's design for spider-man and go with steve ditko's design for spider-man was important to the character because kirby's design for spider-man he was a big strapping dude you know and uh, Ditko... T- yeah, it doesn't make sense for that character. Ditko took it in another direction that worked. And Ditko w- was very unique in his character designs. Um, and he would have stayed on Spider-Man if he, you know... He just had a different opinion on who his villain should be. And you know what? I like where Stan went with his villains. What was Spider-Man in the early years without the emergence of that Green Goblin? Like? Being, yeah. being Norman Osborn. This kid who had nothing going up against a man who had everything. Yeah, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, was, yeah. That, 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 
And that, uh, yeah, so that, yeah, this had to be said, you know, in Stan's <laughs> passing because we haven't addressed this. But. Yeah, you can't be a geek website and not address Stan. <laughs> That's just <laughs> kind of wrong, isn't it? Yeah, as for Bill Maher, man, that guy's just too mean for me. He's always been too mean. No, I I understood his points. I'm just saying you can't you can't hold up Hugh Hefner on a pedestal and say he revolutionized an era and not put Stan Lee up there too. I'm not yeah. saying compare both. I'm just saying you know they both had major influences in how. I we don't live. care about Bill Maher's points because his points um, are diminishing the resonate the the resonating effect resonating effect that this man had on an entire what like almost like three generations of of uh, youth. Well, no, I, I disagree with you there in the fact that it just promotes discourse. I, li- I like any kind of conversation. So, you know, as long as you're not... Trolling being... is not discourse, Mike. He went in for trolling. Like, he was like, his response is, well, you know, he just, he, what, did he influence people to go see a movie? And then he was like, yeah, the same people who read his comics and are mourning well, his loss are probably the same people who voted for Trump. You see, like, with, come on, with Bill Maher, though, I kind of, like, expect it, so I don't really care. Not care. It's just he doesn't have the love for the industry genre, things like that. What I'm more disappointed in is how several prominent comic book characters have... Um, comic book characters. Comic book people, creators, artists, writers, have handled Stanley's passing. You know, bringing out the negative... You should never bring out the negatives of a man who just passed, I mean, a person who just passed away who was as prolific as... The other, the other thing, they weren't there. A well, lot the, of them weren't there. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, what would the comic book industry have been if Stan Lee didn't exist? It wouldn't be yeah. what it is. <laughs> right, exactly. So how can you yeah. denigrate a man in your industry who helped practically create the industry Who's as the re- it is? Who's the reason you were even, in, most likely the reason you were even interested in going into the right. industry. So like I said, Bill Maher, he's on his own angle. I can understand that. I can accept that. It's other comic book people. But Stan Lee was something else. On a lighter note, talking about things that have been around for that long. Because like when you, talk, when you talk about how long Stan Lee was around. Remember, the man served in World War II. He was around when Captain America was made. He was there for the creation of, of Superman and such. You know, he was around. You know, that dude was kicking. But, um, but, uh, 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 uh whatchamacallit. And he's seen a lot of characters come and go, but a lot of the ideals that he held up in Marvel just didn't stay because when he was there, it was supposed to be the house of ideas. When you wanted a new character, you would just make a new character. You wouldn't transform a character. You'd make a new one. Let's make a new character, and this one will be different. It'll blow everybody away. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true, because things have... Some things, not... not mo- some things have... Si- a lot of things have cycles. It's not like Superman, where you could be Superman for 70 years and be str- you know, remain strong. Some characters have ebb and flows, are popular one t- at one point and not popular in another. Like Ghost Rider... Was a cool character, sometimes in the '90s and sometimes in the <laughs> '70s, but for the most part, you know, comes and goes. Oh, don't uh, ever let Bo hear you say that. I've said that to him before. <laughs> Bo- is Bo a big Ghost Rider fan? Oh, yes, he is. Yeah, very big on Ghost Rider fan. He loves him some Ghost. Did Did he forgive Nick Cage? Nope. No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Even I enjoy the second Ghost Rider movie because it was hilarious in a 
in a I loved crank and crank too high voltage type kind of way. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I call it the unnamed third part to the crank trilogy. Right. Because <laughs> it was directed by the same guy who did the crank movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. And in no. crank two, he ends up burning himself alive, right? So it just makes sense that in three, in Ghost Rider, he becomes a flaming demon. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like make new characters. Like for instance, in the se- when he made Black Panther, when he helped make Black Panther, you yeah. know, a totally new character. Let's go with you know this route and see what happens. And now look at the fruits of the labor of Black Panther. Great character now, right? Currently. Yeah. And think about it. Think about the balls it took to make that character in that time period. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Seriously, because like. Like, you won't think anything of it now, but two little Jewish guys make the Black Panther, which is <laughs> one of the ideals they went for is they didn't want a typical from-the-streets superhero for a black guy. They wanted... It was it was their one time making a DC-type superhero for their Marvel characters because there wasn't a DC-type superhero for a black guy. <laughs> you okay. know what I'm saying? So they wanted him larger than life brilliant and capable and the whole nine yards he wanted they wanted to give him the whole package they made one op freaking character and said yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go and all this before the black panther movement even was founded they were not inspired by the black panther movement and the black panther movement wasn't inspired by them they're three months apart it was just yeah i didn't know that that is a black man's title i guess was just in the air just waiting to be picked <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. well we should probably get on to cartoons yeah. you wanted to do that yeah I did want to talk about cartoons yeah okay so when, Pete when it comes to classic cartoons because I know I, I know what Mike watched growing up we kind of in the same room sometimes <laughs> you know um Along the lines of the classic cartoons such as uh, Gold Star and Humanoids, Bionic Six, and Dungeons and Dragons, which one of those, or things like that, which were cartoons from yesteryear, like the 80s and early 90s, that most people didn't hear of, but they were gems in their own way, which one of those were yours, man? Well, absolutely Dungeons and Dragons, because that's probably around the time I started getting into playing it. Um, (laughs) That weird little, like teleport these real modern day characters into that world which is a weird take but I guess it makes sense when you're trying to be about you're not trying to be Lord of the Rings you're not trying to be set in fantasy times you're trying to be the game yeah. you're trying to be like what we're doing which is p- pretending we're from that time so that was cool cool vibe um, but yeah my jam was always like the Japanese stuff you know like I think we talked about that last time yeah. Force 5 and Battle of Planets and all that stuff Battle of but, Planets um, also yeah gotcha. man right <laughs> Gotcha, man. Yeah, yeah. The the original, you know, the, both Voltrons, uh, Guy King, Grandizer, like all that stuff. Uh, what was the Spaceship Yamato? What was that one called over here? I forget. Uh, uh, I don't remember. What was You know it? what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, no, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what space to save yeah. the human. Oh, but Star Blazers, Star Blazers. Star Blazers. Star Blazers. Oh, Star right. Blazers. That's the greatest. That one was so good. Um, it, was like a, it was like a sub-drama, but space. Anyway. Uh, and then all the American ones of, like, G.I. Joe and He-Man. And I didn't remember Inhumanoids. I remember Herculoids. Herculoids. <laughs> okay, so in Humanoids, there was a, there was a, uh, there was a super power hour. 
that came on, I think, like on Sundays. They had Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. They had uh, Visionaries. Uh, they had Gem and the Holograms. And they had Inhumanoids. Okay. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was a genuine cartoon at the time. Um, nice. One thing, like, you, you watch Dungeons and Dragons, so I, I got to give this to you. You check it out when you get a chance. I'm going to send the link. You can check it out, too, Mike. Because um, there was a season finale episode written, scripted, but never released. Oh. And uh, this, is an, uh, this is an audio play of that episode with some of the original voice actors. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And it and it has an ending. You learn a lot about what they were, where they were going, well, how they were constantly fighting Venger and serving the purpose of the Dungeon Master, and that the world that they were in was a prison. Oh wow! Yeah, I think I heard that once before. <laughs> no, because they they mused it in the actual cartoon that that the world that they in is just one big dungeon. Hmm. Yeah, and that came yep. up a couple of times. It would make sense. I mean, it is Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah, it's not Forest and Dragons, right? Yeah, not Forest and Dragons, which they were constantly in. I mean, for me, I had two weird periods, though. See, because I had, I had my really young age. I was watching cartoons in Switzerland, and I remember Battle of the Planets, Gotchaman, whatever. That's I remember those guys, and I love those guys. I still love those guys. Gotchaman! Yeah. <laughs> So it's like it's like I have this divide in my head over European cartoons, which were actually right. just Jap animation <laughs> brought in Europe. Right. Oh, I also have Rush communist cartoons, but those were not entertaining at all. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get those. Yeah, those were not good. Uh, <laughs> my wife is mentioning a cartoon for a communist <laughs> cartoon. Anyway, uh, and then the American cartoons. I mean, I. I don't, I don't know where to go with that, because, I mean, the American cartoons were great. It's just, they were specifically toy lines, you know? Yes, they <laughs> Literally, were. Yeah, no, they you were. knew. They were. You, you were just they were. buying for the they were, toy. They were toy lines. Like, if you, if you, um, they don't, like, none of the episodes withstand scrutiny today, because they don't compare to the plot lines that today's cartoons are putting out in front of kids. <laughs> yeah. Because today, today's cartoons have to sell stories, not toys. Yeah, try telling that to the nostalgia crew. When you hear someone say, oh, I loved He-Man. He-Man was awesome. I said, have you watched it? I mean, because I liked He-Man. Don't get me wrong. And today, I will still say I like He-Man. But if you watch that, you're like... It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you're like no, yeah. three, three animations run constantly over and over. Yeah, the turn. There you go. <laughs> it's doing the He-Man turn. We all know that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's... That's not his dog barking. That's the soul of Bo channeling through the dog <laughs> yeah. to yell at Mike for denigrating He-Man. Then the sword chopping the mountain, you know, yeah. top so he can use the mountain top. To I mean, plug. it was literally Conan. It was literally they tried to do Conan and didn't have the rights, so they said let's make another one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. Like the story was something like that. Yeah. No, it is. It they, wanted is. To, they wanted to do a toy line, and they were like, well, in order to sell these toys we gotta make a cartoon yeah and so. i mean i i bought it hook line and sinker when transformers yeah, we introduced the uh, skyfire i went out oh, and i man. bought myself a skyfire i like skyfire yeah. only to find out transformers it's transformers so much it's a robotech ripoff which i didn't realize that when i was oh. young you know but yeah i love that toy 
Yeah. Did the GoBots ever become a animation, or was that only ever a? That a was toy? a cartoon. No, it was a. It bad was too. The GoBots. It was a very bad cartoon. So funny. Like if I ever thought of like a watered down version of something, that's so embarrassing. You know yeah. what's funny though? Not less than a year later, Transformers, the same company that owns Transformers, bought GoBots. So the, they're the same group of people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but they're not the ones they that made the cartoon. They probably brought them to shut them up. <laughs> yeah, no, they never made the cartoon. They wouldn't go. They were like, guys, stop. I, they, <laughs> actually, they bought them so they can close the line on um, transformation designs. Well, that, but they also kept on selling those toys. Those toys didn't die out that early. They kept on going for a while. Because well, I read... Come- I watch the history of toys, you know, on YouTube. It has like a channel or something. History. Of they had one on Netflix too. Yeah, they had one about GoBots, and I watched it, and I was surprised to find out so love much it. about GoBots. So bad, I love it. I kind of want to. Yeah, I kind of want to YouTube those old cartoons again. <laughs> oh, but, feel free. They're there, man. But one of my favorite cartoons that are rarely talked about are the mm-hmm. Bionic Six. I really like the Bionic Six. We are family. <laughs> I, I thought their them. powers were cool. They I thought, you know, um, the design was cool. Well, I don't know if I remember that. I'll send you. Look that up real quick. I'll send you a link. Oh, there's you that, and there, there's the Mighty Orbots. But I think I like them because their commercials, and the cartoon was so energetic. The intro is what <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the it was so energetic. I don't think I remember this Bionic Six. No, the, a lot of people. It looks did. like Thundercats to me. <laughs> Bionic, first of all, they had better animation than Thundercats. Hey. Um, they kind of had better stories, too. Yeah, and they were actually fun for adults and kids to watch because they, oh, cool. they had a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor that, like, you'd miss. Wait it. a minute. I remember this guy with the baseball bat. Hold on. Maybe I do remember this. Sports, Sports one. one. Maybe I do remember this. Look for the intro. Weren't they, weren't they the, one of the few toys that were made with die-cast at the time? Yeah, they had die-cast metal parts and... And plastic glowy parts, and they were made by Marvel plastic Entertainment and Sunbow. I love die-cast nice. metal toys. I, love I don't care how dangerous too. they are. <laughs> I never even knew what that that word meant, but I just loved it. Die-cast. <laughs> if it was die-cast, it was cool. Yeah, if it was die-cast, it was heavy. Well, because c- the toy had more weight to it, and it was more sturdy. Like, it just felt like it'll last a lot Yeah, not longer. plastic. Yeah. It didn't. And you could throw it at your sister. It, it didn't really, but it just felt better. It just did. It didn't last. The paint, the paint always chipped off, and but that's like, why oh. that's why when uh, Force Awa- uh, Force Awakens came out, I made sure that the Star Wars toys I bought at the time were like diecast metal ones. <laughs> it's just because I love that old field diecast metal toy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, and but and that was the whole point of all of those things was just selling a. Uh, a, 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 a toy for the most part but you know it's funny we say that like it's a bad thing but I'm just thinking about it now in my head like what's the difference no like, character's a character right like if it's a toy that's cool too yeah my well, I remember thinking negative... that too I remember thinking oh that's a bad thing but it really shouldn't be well it depends because it could lead to greatness like one thing we talked about before I believe was Transformers the movie how by marketing standards it was just made to kill the old toys like in the movie they kill the old toy line, and they put in the new one. But when you're a child, you're devastated because these characters right. are like, wow, I watched these guys, and they're all dead. Right. <laughs> it was such an impact back then. And then what do, you, what do you do with the ones that you have? You're like, 
I must bury you in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> you are dead to me. Speaking about that, are you guys uh, excited about the Bumblebee movie? I don't know how to feel about it because yeah, um, I think it could be cute. Because Michael Bay has has like I don't know broken me in a fashion. I because <laughs> I I respect the man's work because Mike brought up a good point once to me. He said that you know no matter. What you think about his movies, whether they're good or bad, the fact is, he is an amazing epic. And when I mean yeah. epic, I just mean the things he does are on a grander scale than most other action movies, whether good or oh, bad. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. When he gets it right, it's holy crap. Oh, yeah. And then uh, even when he gets it wrong, it's still you're totally okay. right. It's still like a spectacle. The Transformers movies would have been an awesome G.I. Joe movie. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause he didn't get G.I. Joe. Who did G.I. Joe? Yeah, the way, the way he focuses on those military Is operations. In? Yeah, Bo's coming in. Yeah. Oh, way, what's up, hey! bitches? There he is. What's up, bitches? Yeah. You don't talk about G.I. Joe and not get my attention? <laughs> you heard us? I felt it. What's up, man? <laughs> Well, then don't look. Uh, don't, don't listen back to any of this because you will not like. <laughs> uh, that, that's with. a given. If we're talking Michael Bay, I mean. No, no, we were. Yeah. We, were we, we we took a moment to shit on He Man and Ghost Rider. Thank you. Appreciate that. Good I job. didn't do any of the shitting. Oh, and now Mike bailed. <laughs> my butt closed. He's like Ghost Rider again. I'm out. Oh, we're done with Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we you guys are just trying to change the orientation still, of the squares. They're still that trying to talk about screen. doing that movie. That's the best part. They still want to do a He-Man movie. Ghost like, He-Man. Let's Dreamcast it right now, real quick. Dreamcast He-Man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as as Re- King Randor, Dolph Lundgren, because reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice. That's I'm out. Back. <laughs> <laughs> that man out. looks majestic with a beard. I, b- I actually believe him as an astronaut, okay? He's got the scientific credentials to back it up. The hey, that's only true. man that who could pull true. off He-Man currently to give it both the, the style and the humor that you need is Chris Hemsworth. I know, and he's already... Kind of, yeah, he, I mean, Thor is already sort of... There are human. other Hemsworth so brothers we can tap, though. No, no, no. no it has to be the Chris is the best, though. He's the funniest. best one. He's the funniest. <laughs> he's the one. best Hemsworth. He's, he's the best so Hemsworth. fucking funny. You're I, right. I, I need a plan B without Hemsworth, though, because we know it's probably. I agree. I agree. That's too. I, I would have cast him, too. Because it's just like, whatever. If Thor I, Ragnarok I never happened. That's the He Man movie you want. That's the He Man movie right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Just change it. Literally right, just else, punching out giant that? dragons and like ripping comments totally, in half. Totally. I know. <laughs> all right, who's Skeletor? Okay, who's so, be Skeletor? so before we go any further, we all agree that Taika Waititi should direct He-Man in the Masters. Yes, yes Taika Waititi needs to direct He-Man <laughs> in the Masters of the Universe. Because the already, because Thor Ragnarok was his audition for He-Man in the Masters. And in of the fact, universe. my problem with Thor Ragnarok was that it wasn't so much Thor, but it was definitely He-Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Evil Lynn never looked so badass though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, not plundering the cast of uh, Ragnarok. Um, I gotta say, I'd probably want to cast Taika Waititi as Skeletor. <laughs> you know, if he did it in his accent, that would be amazing. With the accent and all. That could work. He man's uh, a dick. Guys, guys, <laughs> I don't think this is working. Piss off, he man. <laughs> Piss off, he man. Why, why do we have this orange man here? What are you doing, Beastman? <laughs> oh, He-Man's a dickhead. Bat fight. 
<laughs> and I would like I would like Skeletor to constantly be hitting on Evelyn. Ooh. Man. Like Evelyn just <laughs> I just want to say, you know, um, no part of it. <laughs> just want to say, you know, um, Taika Waititi as Skeletor just brought me in this 100%. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was the choice we needed um, for full buy-in. As Evelyn, I would probably cast... Any oh, evil man. Bitch. Are we sticking with, like, borderline comedy here? You don't have no, to no, if the director can bring it out. Because you'd yeah. be amazed at what actors have comedy chops. They also sometimes need the right director. Chris Hemsworth already had the timing, but Taika Waititi made it perfect. Because he almost didn't have to be comical in that movie. Well, you know, when it comes well, that's the thing about comedy. When it's got to be played straight. He did the the Naked Gun style. Chris Hemsworth wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> no, he played it straight. Yeah, because he he's the same as he is in the first Thor. Honestly, you know that same like sort of fish out of water, but like still boastful. Because those perfect. those stupid little things that Thor was doing in that movie, he's done in all of them. I mean. We, and all of them, I know, yes. I love it. Yeah, I mean, like he and he did, did him back at home. <laughs> That's why nobody wanted him to be king because he was too much of a man child. <laughs> like he Me- did genuinely hang Mjolnir on a freaking coat rack. Remember? <laughs> yeah, he did. That's right. That wasn't a joke. If, if I have true, to say, right. I probably cast Mila Kunis as Evelyn. No, Ooh, I'm in. Dude, no? she's got some comedy timing on her. Yeah, yeah, I don't no, he's right. she, 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 I know, have, I mean, like, she doesn't go out of her uh, way, but she doesn't have to work for me. And she's cute. I'm just picturing her little, who me, her little self me as reference. Oh, I'm sorry, you said Mila Kunis. I'm thinking Mila Jojovich. I'm like, wow. No, Mila no, Kunis, no, no, no. Mila oh, Kunis. Yeah. Mila Kunis, maybe, I don't know. Okay. I'm out of it. I'm out of it when it comes to the evil Lynn. It's too hard. Too many expectations. If I'm looking for just audacious, Sofia Vergara... I know she can act, and I know she looks amazing in whatever but they my, put her my in. my concern more like it is, who would you have as man at arms? Because you got to get the stash right. The stash <gasps> game's no! got to be on point. Tina Fey is the... evil in. Tina Fey is evil What? That could work. <laughs> Ooh. That could work. Um, in the in the Megamind version. <laughs> Whatchamacallit from... Will Ferrell as Skeletor. What, Whatchamacallit from Parks and Recreations <laughs> to play man at arms. Seriously. Oh, Pratt? No. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, no. The other guy. Um, the guy with the mustache. I know you're talking about. The oh. mustache. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he, he could, he could do a oh, really good straight man. Um, Nick Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Nick uh, Offerman, right? Offerman. Yeah, yeah, he would be great. That's true. He does have the great. Um, All right, we did it, guys. We did it. <laughs> Tila? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Success. Okay, Bo, <laughs> did you watch Venom? Yes. Yes, I had to watch finally! it twice. I had to watch did it twice. Do a Venom? We did a Venom talk, didn't we? I, yeah, no, but we, we never did a, a spoiler-filled Venom talk. Let's do Let's do one now for the next 20 minutes, yeah, yeah. and then I gotta go. We, we, All right, we need okay. to interrupt the regularly scheduled podcast to discuss the Venom spoilers. I'm in, I'm in. Because we've let's been waiting it. for this for so long. I hope Bo... No, I, I, need to hear, I need to hear Bo's take on this. Bo so had let's, to... Let's do it. Bo had Set a timer to, for 20 minutes. I don't know what okay. to make of this damn movie. I, uh, <laughs> that's the right. That's the right response. <laughs> like, that's how we all felt. I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay. I uh, one part of my brain is like, some of this makes sense. The other part of my brain is going, eject, eject right now. Pull. I just want to know what makes sense. What, what, what? I need to know what makes sense. Eddie Brock's part makes sense. How? <laughs> like he really seems like this reluctant dude. Like he just literally trips over this thing because he's, he's an asshole. Just an asshole. Me. 
Yeah, yeah. He's an asshole who trips into this thing. I don't think he was thing. an asshole, though. Oh, he was totally you think an asshole. So? You Look think at so? what his go-to dude, was with his woman. He tanked like, his woman. Like <laughs> he tanked. No, no, that was bad. He was an asshole because he put his career first. That part's true for sure. But I could see how he like thought he needed to do no, that. No, because he's. But way I too think he was genuinely about, sorry about no, it. Also, he's way too he, casual about deaths. Way too casual. Yeah, the man is like. Died around I him. think he was in shock. No, 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 because <laughs> the man is like, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't. Oh, well, you know, it happened. And then he moves right. on to his personal problems. Like, yeah, the you body, might be right. his body physically ate people. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And also, yeah, Dang. I'll buy that he was in shock. But also, did you notice how before he got the Venom suit, he couldn't dress right. He was usually dirty. His hair was a mess. His house was a mess. After he got Dude, the when he lost suit, his job, he was a super mess. He looked like a fucking random murder hobo. <laughs> yeah, but when he got Venom, he cleaned up so well. He cleaned up so yeah. well. Venom improved his life. Gave him a purpose. Well, that's when that's what happens when you come out the closet and you find a man who you know treats you right, <laughs> completes you, <laughs> you know, who gets you. Yeah, so a gay symbiote. <laughs> yeah, definitely, he needed to be completed by a symbiote. Oh my god! And like a homo, I, homo symbiote is that the new? <laughs> I don't understand the symbiote's motivation. <laughs> Not at all. He just didn't want to be. A, he was a loser on his planet. I thought when he when he said that line, I had a hundred percent buy him. He's like. Back home, I'm kind of a loser. Like, I love the no idea sense. that he's, he wants to stay here now because it's cooler than his place. And he's not going to get made up here. He's cool. <laughs> there he was a loser. I love that. That's all yeah, I yeah, needed. But on the same token, he was a loser, but he was on an elite team that was sent to invade this world by an elite Yeah, but leader. he was the loser of them. and They, they would have killed him easily. In fact, they wanted to. But why did they want to kill him? Because he's a loser. But why? <laughs> but he's part like, of the elite team. Yeah, yeah. Know, his Every A team has a Murdoch. He, he buddy buddied with a human pretty quick, so I mean, technically, yeah, he's kind of off, but, but off his, the rest. His, his leader didn't know that he buddy buddied with the human real quick. His leader he knew just he would. wanted him dead I'd like to right see what the, the rest bat. of the planet okay. was. Bo, the way the movie went, I mean, guys, the way the movie went, it's like the script told them to do this, therefore they all did this. <laughs> it's not like they, there was no cause for the effect. It was just the script went this it's way. It's time to, to do that, that in the way. movie, Eddie. It's time. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's it's a, time to do it. Voice. It's time. Who to did do the? It the who was the voice of the of the? Venom oh, 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 that's oh, the best part. Notice? That is the best part. Um, what's his name? Is actually did Tom all the voiceover Hardy. work before? Um, Tom Hardy is the voice. Tom of Venom. Hardy voiced all the Venom stuff before he You're even joking. got into. No. Yeah, no, yeah. that's him. No, that's him. He's I was hoping it was him. So that Tom makes already me feel really recorded good. the Venom lines before he even got in front of a camera. Yeah, and and basically, I love that. All the Venom lines are being played into his ear, so he has to react to his own stuff. To his own stuff. I love that. That makes me love the movie even more. Okay, one of my favorite. I was hoping parts, it was him. One of my favorite parts, because I too felt like I felt like this movie was crap. Like twenty minutes in, and then somehow I started Eddie, it's time to kill it cops. And Let's go. It. Yeah, exactly. Eddie, it's time to kill cops. It's like what? <laughs> that happened. But okay, I I love villains. To me, like I've always said, they define the hero. So to me, I need a good villain. I did not understand this villain at all. This villain went from zero to a thousand. I think like, they should have stuck with the old Asian lady the whole movie. <laughs> I agree. That would have been cool. That might have just been out people where there's spiky things. That's cool. That was way cooler. Because this corporate asshole, I, I mean, 
I get that. No, I agree. That was a mess. Yeah, I get that you're. Being, and his like eco thing about. Ugh, yeah, I get that you're stop. being corporate. I got that you're playing the corporate villain, but even he's more alien and evil than the symbiote that took him over. Right. Yeah. Because this guy was on another oh, level. Most spoilers. people would be like. <laughs> most people would be right. like, I need to sell everyone out so I can save myself. No, this guy went even farther. I need to burn this planet because it's useless. I need to get to another one. Like, well, right yeah, away. He, that was his motivation from the rip, though. He's like, I'm out of here. This place is a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, little things like um, addressing the little girl and saying, no, you shouldn't let anyone interrupt you. You need to finish what you have to say. And then he interrupts her and doesn't let her finish. And then walks away. <laughs> Someone else will finish this part for me. I was like, wow, dude. <laughs> Here's a that pin. That pretty funny. My little gold star. And then Never the let anyone tell you how to be. Bye. From a dog to his girlfriend. <laughs> So did she make out with the dog? No. <laughs> People went real quiet because we know the answer. That's a different film. <laughs> and I have seen that film. Because remember you asked us if this movie had an uncomfortable kiss scene? Yeah, Bo. Yeah. Several. Several. <laughs> some of them were off camera. Some of them were I'm during sorry. watching the movie. That should not have been as sexy as it was. Yeah, yeah. Michelle the female Williams. Venom. Yeah, yeah, they did a great Venom. job. They did something right because I was like, just stay in that scene for a little while. <laughs> stay like that. Five more minutes. <laughs> Maybe just stay like that for a little bit. I don't even care if you eat people's heads. You definitely do need to eat people's heads. <laughs> and I did enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy Venom telling him, uh, "We're gonna conquer this planet. Everyone's gonna be food." And less than five minutes later, for no reason, he sees the night sky of the city. Oh, I like, I like it, it here. Eddie. I think I we're like gonna it. save the world. <laughs> we're going to save this planet. So only. No, I think I think it really was the loser thing. I think it really was just like he was he bonding with Eddie. Read his you know read his mind and thoughts and just kind of was like. I could be a king here. Oh, no, it didn't read yeah. his mind and thoughts because, like, it knew yeah. everything he knew, but at the same time, it didn't know who his girlfriend was. Yeah, it was just weird. Because <laughs> apparently, I think it was just what... picking up surface thoughts or something. No, dude, it, like... it, it didn't know because he didn't know who the girl was when he met her. And he's like, "Who is this woman? What is she? She knows too much." Eddie. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, right. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's that that hard drive's pretty dense. There's a lot. Yeah, okay. He just broke up with that. It had been like six months. Sorry, Bob. Petey, no, bro. I'm trying to defend it. I don't know why. The movie doesn't need defending. It could stand on its own merit of being bonkers. All right. And we did see. It is bonkers. And we did see the end, right? The very end. Oh, my God. With the wig? We saw the end, right? I hope. Did you see the bumper, Bo? Did you see the end? What? I don't. Let me think. Oh, then no, you didn't. No, I didn't see the bumper. Oh, that's a okay, shame. Okay, so I'm going to just tell you. The ending bumper is he finally gets an interview with a mass murdering um, oh, ser- yeah, 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 yeah. serial killer. And so he goes to the prison and he goes to meet the guy. Carnage, right? Carnage, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's Woody Harrelson in a Ronald McDonald redhead wig who turns around slowly and he says, I don't know how you feel about things, but when we get out of here, there will be carnage <laughs> like what and he put it in air quotes <laughs> yeah and he should have just winked right at that like bing <laughs> so to me that end that bumper solidified that this movie is timeless because it came from the 90s this whole movie must have came from the 90s because that's and, how it felt to me <laughs> and mike 
It did. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Because the movie was written, the script was from a movie written in the 90s. Oh, and they just decided not to update it. They were like, it's fine, guys. It's, it's fine. just over okay. 10 years old. The so it wasn't to give you an idea of how this, how much this is going to happen now, like how solidified this is, as of uh, a couple of days ago, uh, it made over $822 million at the box office for a while. That's insane. It's insane. What, what did Infinity War make? Uh, $2 billion. Don't bother making it. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. But it did pass, I think, the first Avengers or something like that. Like, it's no, a, no. A, no, that's crazy. No, high the first for, Avengers for, broke a billion also. Did it break yeah. a billion? Yeah, I mean, this, could, this is on that's track. That's still high, guys. All it's three, still high. All three of the Avengers movies are in the top ten. All right, Bo. This did better than any Sony movie we've done this before, this though, right? This movie did amaze balls. Yes, for, it did. For a movie that I can't quantify as good. <laughs> I just don't know what to say. But I think I think we all felt the same way, though. Like, you're right, it's bonkers, but we it was fun as shit. Like, I <laughs> yeah. think everybody who watched that movie was like, this was fun as shit. And yes. I don't know. I, yes. I don't care so, about the other stuff. So, so that's why I was left with a confusion <laughs> yeah. on, on the definition of entertainment. Entertainment yeah. in no way, shape, and form means quality or good. <laughs> right. No, no, it never has. That's a separate this category. Movie, this movie was neither quality nor good, but it was entertaining as. Fuck. I don't know that there's another way to do it I though. Like do, that character is supposed to be. It basically felt. I don't know what to do with Tom Hardy as an actor anymore. Like I just don't know. I love him even more. He's like <laughs> no, he's, he's a great actor, but you're like whoa. No, his acting had nothing. Like people keep praising him for acting in that movie. No, he was as good as everybody else. Just doing the lines on the script and reading it as best as they could. Wait, people, people had a people had negative things to say about his performance. No, no, no. They had no oh, positive okay. to Everything say. Positive. Okay, I was gonna say. It, actor, even if you don't like the movie, he was great. They had don't... negative to say about everybody else, but they only had what they had to work with. Tom Hardy yeah. at least got to play off of himself. <laughs> Dude, All that right. guy's a freaking. To me, genius, it's sort anyway. of like it's sort of like an agala, whatever. An yeah, to being a 15-year-old ah, ah. boy and for the first time meeting your super hot cousin and she makes out with you. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute. That's I don't know what I should, be, fuck. I should be feeling on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the movie made you get some uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> Quite, because I don't know what to think of this thing. I don't know what to think about you anymore, but let's move on. <laughs> oh, my favorite scene in the movie... Was him sitting in the car and him saying, Eddie, you know, you, you may never see her again. <laughs> this is your one chance to make up for it. Eddie, you, you need to apologize to her. We need to apologize to her. Like what? He's getting relationship advice from this thing? <laughs> Yeah, and then later I for it, it to only say, we're keeping her, you know that, Eddie. She doesn't know this I yet. love it. <laughs> yeah, like, I love it. What? I love that he's so... It, it just, I don't know. It's just cute. It just works for me. It's but just, like, the, charming. It works. That's he's, not, like, adopted him. That's not Venom, and that's why this works. <laughs> no. I, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's why. Oh, no. Because I don't really know Venom. This I didn't is nothing read, I didn't like the character. <laughs> Venom was an Dude, over-obsessed maniac. Off of, <clears throat> even based off of Lethal Defender, like, this is... Lethal Protector, no. Sorry, Lethal Protector. This is, like... A stretch. So how would this version of Venom ever become the bad guy it needs to be? Never. He, never. he wouldn't care about Spider-Man. <laughs> so they kind of they kind of ruin that, right? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Because you gotta understand you gotta understand that the Venom symbiote learned to hate from Spider-Man. <laughs> Alright. See the Venom symbiote is a jilted ex girlfriend. 
it's a Parker, bit Parker gets rid of it. It gets mad. Finds the other a new boyfriend. Gets revenge. Yeah, okay. because the, the 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 story about it is simple. Um, Spider Man wants to get rid of the suit because he finds out it's alive. Because it didn't change his moods or anything like it does in the movies or cartoons and stuff like that. It didn't make him evil or angry or or douchey. You know what I'm saying? It, it did nothing. But, him. I mean, it was fucking him up. But it only, oh, okay. It only no, know. no, no. It wasn't fucking him up. It only exhausted him because it would get up and use him in the middle of the night to continue to fight crime because it thought that's what he wanted to do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so he'd wake up tired, wondering why he was because he he never slept. He was he'd also like draining his adrenal gland. Like it was no, it, it was not. No, no, no they, they added were, that no, after. That, that's later. That's later. That's all retroactive because at the time it was doing nothing negative to him. There was nothing wrong with the suit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely nothing. How does he get? How does he? How does it go from being on Eddie Brock to being in Spider-Man's possession? No, it was Spider-Man's first. Yeah, Spider-Man what? has the suit first. Yeah. So in Secret oh, Wars, Spider-Man fi- gets uh, his he, his suit gets wrecked. And well, he's on another planet. He gets he's on the yeah, suit. He's he's in another place, and so he needs a new suit, and so they find this giant weird machine. It can, it builds <clears throat> quote unquote builds a suit for him made out of airline material. He was material. directed into a room to go get his oh, costume wow. repaired. He confused the costume repair machine with another machine, and it gave him an alien suit. It's the fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he ended up with a black and white suit because he was a little envious of uh, Spider Woman's costume at the time, which was black and white. And that's how he ended right. up with the black and white suit. And it gave him, like, unlimited organic webbing. And that's it. And it was a suit that could change into normal street clothes when he needed it. It was cool. So he kept it. And then he found out it was alive. And it was all over his nether bits and, and piloting him while he was asleep. <laughs> so he was like, get this shit off of me. He went to the Fantastic Four. They figured out how to get rid of it. But it crept its way back to him. So he confronted it. And he went to the bell tower because it was vulnerable to Sonic's. And he fought it off of his body. And the Sonics was actually going to fuck him up so badly that the suit didn't want him to get hurt. So it left. Wow. It left Because it, it loved him. It was a symbiote. Right. <laughs> right? It was in symbiosis with him. So it left him and it was going to die in the clock tower. Now, somebody else that was a competitive reporter for Peter Parker named Eddie Brock, who who uh, was doing these fake reports about a, a murder that was going on, a really popular murder that was going on. And uh, Spider-Man had caught the actual killer, and it proved that who this guy revealed was the killer was completely wrong. And so he lost his job, because he was a reporter. And so he, he, so he was down on his luck for a while, went to the church, and he sat there praying to himself, you know, kill Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the suit found him, found his dislike and they bonded and because it knew everything about Spider-Man, he ended up knowing everything about Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and that's how... Was there a version of this that, um, or was it just in the, the Sam Raimi ones that he, that a different character, not Eddie Brock, but an astronaut guy gets him from space? No. Or is that totally that's totally from the movie? I think that's how they no, no, that's no, totally from the movie. That's, that's totally movie. from the movie. Because in the Ultimate okay. Universe, it was <clears throat> actually, made in I think the lab. if I remember right, they lifted that from the comic series. Because, uh, sorry, the animated series. In the animated yeah. series, oh. um, what's his name? Peter Parker's boss. Uh, his son is an astronaut, and when he yeah. comes back from space, it comes. It's 
that's it's how it got here. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. So that's here. just a, that's just an alternate way to get it here. Yeah. Because yeah. the alien suit, and in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, it was made in the lab. Yeah. Because the problem the problem with it is that it is, if if you want to go, if you want to go with how it should have been, it's way too tied to Spider-Man. Like it's the whole. Extremely tied to Spider-Man. Yeah. So this, that's why they had to do it this way. Yeah. To do it as a standalone thing, they had to completely... Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me now. Okay. That's why he doesn't even well, have I... the spider logo on him. Right. Because that yeah. all came from Spider-Man. Yeah. And well, he was obsessed sense. with Spider-Man, and he was a crazy person living in abandoned homes, plotting... It's to... sing it was single white female. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we finally got to review Venom with full spoilers. I feel vindicated. We did so much today. We've talked cartoons. <laughs> we, 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 we said rest in peace to Stan. And we've talked. We've talked Venom. Most importantly, we've talked Venom. I think, in the words of Stan Lee, enough said. See ya! Later. I will see you later. Bye bye. Hater. I will see you later. Bye bye. See y'all later. Right.